Hello everyone, it's seven o'clock. You finished work. Are you having a beer? Well, don't get too drunk yet. And if you're in the US joining us, probably on your lunch break. We're gonna talk about something different today, something important. Get out that jargon jail. We're gonna throw all these terms away. We're gonna decrypt them together. What on earth could I be talking about? What on earth? Will be revealed, 17 seconds. All right, all right, here we go. Get professional. Get the soundboards going. Bye-bye. Need to stop pressing these. Okay, works. Testing, testing. Cool. Hello, everyone, wherever you are in the world. We are going international today, and I'm joined here by a fantastic guest, which I've known online because I've admired their work in the marketing space. But we're going to talk not just about marketing today. We'll talk about something called business development, or BD, as it's sometimes referred to in architecture practices, and as well as that sales environment, marketing environments, but also maybe how you can apply this term to your business, how you approach LinkedIn, and whatever. And because I'm not a huge expert on this subject, I've got the expert on this subject. So I'm joined here by Tyler Zumala. Did I say it right, Tyler, in the end, or did I butcher yes, your surname? We're, we're there. We're there. You're good. We're there. So Tyler <laughs> is from Monograph. Tyler as well. And we'll talk about your website and all the tactics which you do, tylertactics.com. But before that, Tyler, in your words, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Tyler Sumula. I consider myself to be, um, I'm an ex-architect, pretty obsessed with all things um, business development operations for architects. I'm helping them to optimize those things. Um, I'm currently on the business development team at Monograph, and I also um, share weekly tactics at tylertactics.com. Brilliant. And we'll, we'll touch upon about the Monograph later. It seems like we're both ex-architects here. Now, for anyone that's um, put up with listening to my podcast before, they'll be familiar that I left architecture as well. And I worked in the last eight years in recruitment, which is a bit of a sales environment. And so, Tyler, if it was the 100%. first time ever, I didn't hear it in architecture practice. But when I joined recruitment, people said, you've got to get on the phone and do <laughs> some BD. And when I heard this BD, I kind of nodded my head because I didn't want to look stupid, right? And I went, yeah, yeah, okay. And I kind <laughs> of like just got on the phone and, and, and did, oh, did what I could. Um, so business development or BD, what, what do you think it is in your own words, first of all? Yeah, business, one, one, there's nothing more terrible more terrifying in that first moment when someone tells you you got to pick up the phone and start calling people um mm. if you're not if you're not used to it that's that'll that'll uh, make you jump a little bit but i consider business development to be an umbrella right and housed under that umbrella are things like marketing and sales where marketing is meant to educate nurture your audience and sales is meant to convert that audience into clients or customers depending on um, what your service is very good. All right. Well, eloquently said. So, uh, so my version of BD ages ago was basically try to drum up as much work as you possibly can on the phone, yeah. or yeah. if you could, try to grab someone's attention or try to get a meeting, and then you'd go, oh, "I got a meeting," and then the next step was, "What are you saying in the meeting?" and, and so <laughs> forth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You understand so, the phone now. What do I do now? How do I have the conversation? All right. We got him to set the meeting. Now, what do I say in the meeting? Got exactly. And you yeah. eloquently talked about it from a marketing standpoint and a sales point a standpoint. What I find interesting as well, though, is is so in terms of an architectural practice, I've talked about a sales environment, but architecture, marketing and sales and nurturing those relationships and building business, which is what business development is, is super important as well. And I've noticed that there seems to be a lot of people discussing um, business development in architecture, but from your point of view, it, I mean, business development, can it be done on a smaller scale, a medium scale, a larger scale, or is it just for businesses? 
to development or, or you know do you want to expand upon it a bit and then I'll expand yeah. upon it a bit? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there's probably a misconception that business development isn't something that you have to think about until you reach a certain size or something mm. like that. When realistically, um, you should be thinking about it from the beginning, right? Because it is, I'd, I'd argue it's probably half of the livelihood of your business. It's how are you, how are you getting people in? How are you building clients, building pipeline like you were talking about before? And then the other half is kind of the execution part, you know, you actually doing the yeah. work, but you still have to get that work in. So you can do that as small, medium, large scales, obviously that the, those processes differ and in, in your amount of in like energy and time and money investment changes with each one. Um, but it's absolutely, it should absolutely be a focus no matter what, no matter what size you are. Okay, got it. So uh, on the theme of what on earth is business development. So yeah. If, for instance, you're a small architecture practice and you whack up a post on Instagram, which goes, look at this beautiful new conversion I've done. Is that business development? I think it, I think it is. I don't think it's business development done well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You yeah, described exactly. it. It's yeah, a small so part of it, right? It's, it's on the spectrum of business development, sure. Yeah. Would I recommend that someone do it in that way? No, I wouldn't. But um, but yeah, I think it is. Okay. All right, good. So, because so, this is where I'm getting that. So yeah. I used to, when people talked about BD, I yeah. thought it was either you're ringing up on the phone or maybe you're, you're posting something online. In the end, like with the architecture social now, I've worked on it for two years. And actually what I've noticed that, or even then, part of me being in the industry for the last eight years is that through initially ringing the phone and people were like, who's this Stephen Drew guy or what are you trying to sell me or whatever, you know, <laughs> then over time, people start recognizing what you're doing. And the more you give out there, you more you put out there. I think that work starts to come back to you. And, yeah. and, and, and to me, that's part of the process of business development, but also what I used to do in the sales environment was that in terms of business development, there was the activity which was recorded was like, how many times are you calling on the phone or how many architecture potential clients are you calling on the phone? Or are you going to grand designs live? Or are you doing this networking event? Are you going to meet people? But then yeah. there was also targeting people. So, so, Tyler, you're an actual someone who's a proper business development manager. So for argument's sake, how do you even begin starting the process when you're thinking about doing business development? Uh, like from the standpoint of a firm or from my standpoint, like which one do you want Maybe to Maybe we about? can do both, but talk yeah. about the firm and then talk about yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think from the standpoint of a firm, you, you do have to start a little bit just from uh, from thinking about what things you enjoy doing most. So I'm yeah. not, I'm not the one that's going to say, Hey, if you don't like going to events, then go to them anyways. Like if, you, if yeah. that's not, if that's not your cup of tea, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't go do it. That might not be a good representation of your, of your business in that sense, but there's so many different ways to do it now. And COVID, um, you know, for better or worse, forced us into those positions anyway. So we needed to come up with those other forms of business development. But yeah. I think in terms of figuring out what you want to do, the most important thing you can do is just start, right? That's mm. the, that's it's, and I mean that in the simplest way possible, whether that's going to be posting daily on LinkedIn or running a Facebook ad or starting to call up some businesses and see if they need an architect or, I mean, any, anything like that, you just need to start and you just need to do it. Um, that's, that's the best, like, the best advice. And I say that because I can guarantee you that probably 80% of your competitors aren't doing it. Correct. Um, so it's a really easy way to differentiate yourself and begin to understand the market in a different perspective. I agree with that. I think I remember one of my old bosses just said like, um, 80% of it is doing it, you know, before, yeah. because, and especially as well, if for instance, and I will go back to the analogy of let's pretend we're talking about someone who's setting up the architecture practice. It's extremely yeah. daunting at the start, isn't it? And you're thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to get work. And that's really, in my opinion, yeah. what business development is. It's about getting work, building up that trust and, and, and reaching out to people. And they go, do you know what? I'm going to hire Steve to do my bathroom 
a conversion. They probably yes. wouldn't if they know me yeah, now. But yeah. let's, pretend, <laughs> let's pretend I, you know, I'm, I, I'm setting all up the LED lights you can put into a bathroom. We're going to have them. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> I, I can pimp up anyone's office if they you want. Can do it. I can do it. Right. But let's pretend I'm in that room. Right. And I yeah. remember when I started my business, it was me in the with a phone at my desk with a computer. And you've got to start somewhere, right, Tyler, isn't it? You've got yep. to start somewhere. Yes. And I think you've got the the long-term business developments, which is building trust in the community, putting out content out there. There's the slow build stuff, but then there's the medium-term stuff. You know, it's like, okay, building up a pipeline. And sorry, I said that we're going to try and decrypt down jargon, and I've thrown one in there. But the pipeline of work, you know, like what's coming in the door over the next few days and months, but also yeah. there's the short-term goals on business development, isn't it? And so I would say that a short-term goal would be me ringing up someone and asking if they want a conversion on their house, right? Yeah. And you yeah. can get leads from somewhere, which is basically like someone's giving you a tip or you could put out a bit of content and you can get something back. But generally, that's a lot of work, short-term goals, and but then you've got the medium term, which I'm guessing is what building up a website and all that stuff. And you and then you've got the long term, which is your reputation and all that stuff. Yeah. How would you break it down, Tyler? Did I do a good job there, or was I a bit? That was, that was amazing. I was just going to say this is a, this is a great. We should just break it down into terms. And so I would break down business development into three different sections, right? In terms of, I would break down your pipeline, your your ability to bring in clients in three different ways, right? You have mm. referrals. And repeat you have repeat clients and referrals that's one and this yeah. is in order i would say in order of ease in order of the amount of work that you don't have to do right Re repeats and referrals are the easiest they're the easiest for you to win and they're the easiest for you for you to like bring into your pipeline right the second yeah. one are inbound inbound clients and those are clients that are coming to you from your website most likely or maybe you met them at an event or stuff of some kind basically they came to you they're seeking you out because they saw you in some way they want to yeah. meet with you to discuss the potential project that's inbound that's the second one third one you've been talking about it this whole time that's outbound that is you are you are making an active effort you are going to introduce and meet um, and call people that that you know, ideally, you know, it's, there should be some, I like to call them like warm calls rather than cold calls. Like, you know who you're calling, but they don't know yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but you have something to offer them and, and um, you know, they can offer you their business in return. So, and obviously outbound being the most difficult and the hardest to win. Um, inbound being, you know, a um, little bit, there's more upfront effort. You got to get the website set up or you need to do some kind of preparation. You need a reputation, you need, you need trust. And then obviously re repeats and referrals are the easiest and those will come at different times. So if I was getting started right away, I would go, I would go in that order probably mm -hmm. first. Well, actually I might go one, three, two, I might do, I might do inbound last because it takes so much setup time, right. but I would, I would reach out to people that I know I'd let them all know that I'm starting a practice right now. Hey, I'm starting, I'm starting a little residential practice. Do you happen to have any friends that might be interested in some work? That's the first thing I would do. Yeah. The second yeah. thing I would do is I would jump on the phone and probably call local builders. Um, I yeah. would call local builders first, just because they're the ones that are actually doing the work um, and they need architects to work with. And I'd say, Hey, uh, my name's Tyler Sumla. I just started a practice. Um, I'm curious, you know, how, how do you feel about the architects that are serving you now? Like how, how are they serving you today? Just get uh, into a conversation and see if, um, see if they're maybe not happy with the current architects that they're using. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's an easy pipeline as well, um, a way to build it. And then the last thing I'd do is, and it sounds counterintuitive, right? But that last thing I'm going to do is build a website up, do some copywriting, make it easy for people to get in contact with me. Mm, yeah, I agree. We've actually had one or two comments coming in uh, while we're talking. Nice. So timeless design, I'm going to bring up what you say as well, really quickly, which says it also depends on what type of architecture you're doing. Well, that's true, isn't it? If you are doing a specific one, that will influence where you, your targets in business design and actually that is true so even with the architecture social it's designed for architectural professionals that's what i've targeted that's mm -hmm. what i know that's where i built it around thinking about what i would be interested but also on yeah. what i think or what people are feeding back to me so you're right you know it depends on what architecture um sector you're doing will influence the, 
the, the short term, what you're saying, yeah. and the medium and the long term. Um, and so, oh, I mean, before we move on, Tyler, do you agree with that? Have you seen that a little bit? I, I agree with it completely. I think it makes a big difference. You usually hear it as an excuse, like to the business oh, development. Right. Oh, I can't, I can't do business development because I do government work or I do commercial work and they like they don't do it that way. I only I only get my work through RFQs and through RFPs, right? Uh yeah. which is not a very uh sustainable pipeline in my opinion. Um so mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. But yeah, so it's I think I think the way that you get their attention of the the attention of the different sectors, whether that's commercial and government and um residential, like the way that you capture their attention initially is definitely different. I think the way that you talk about the projects with them is probably like relatively similar. Like the 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 flow of converting them from, you know, um, a, a potential client into a client is probably the same. Fair enough. And Mr. Timeless Design also loved your local builders. Um, little yeah, call them up. Yeah, that was the you give one away one of your juicy nuggets there. What I was going to yeah. say, Tyler, if anyone's listening, because. A lot of the podcasts that I do and stuff are for job seekers and and, um, also people who are looking for jobs or maybe building up their personal brand. And if you're thinking, Steve, you're talking about running an architectural practice, um, uh, that's fine, but I'm not doing that. Or maybe you have a large architectural practice, or maybe you run another team. I would argue that uh, the, the principle of business development can be applied to your own personal brand and basically you know in a, in a very in a not well actually i was going to say in a loose way but thinking about it it's not even that loose <laughs> no, when you when you're looking for a job that's you know basically like winning you're business because you're yeah. saying to the company i'm the right person for you which is similar to a business you know, a business to business relationship or whatever, you know, you basically got a client, you got a service they need. And I always talk to people when they're looking for jobs. Ultimately, you've got to convince the employer that you're suitable to fill their needs. But also, you know, in terms of your value in the industry, I think a lot of the things that you can apply in terms of business development pay off. And I've seen that firsthand with the stuff that I do on the architecture social where um, I get some nice comments and that started happening now in the second year. No one did it at the start because you have to, <laughs> you got to push through. Yeah. You got to put you have in to the, push through. You've got yeah. to put in the work. So everything that we're saying here will apply, but I'm going to keep it simple and talk about architectural practices. Tyler, do you think it fit, suits people with their personal brand in business or it, in the architecture sector as well? Should people maybe who are employed be looking at business development as well? 1000% for two reasons, for two reasons. One, right, uh, the the economy of, let's say, attention has shifted, right? What has What gets more attention is an individual over a business. And what people trust more is the individual over the business. So mm. you growing, you you, allowing uh yourself like if you provide business development for yourself as well like if you if you grow those skills um for your own personal brand not only are you helping your whatever company you work for if you are employed um just by making yourself more trustworthy more of an authority um but you're obviously also making yourself more valuable outside of that company um Mm. if things were to change so it's a nice it's a nice additional safety net to have for yourself as well that's true. I, and when you were saying that, that's very true. Because I was thinking about business development in terms of personal brand. Having said that, every now and then I'll get a strategic role in architecture which says, we're looking for a business developer within the transport sector, within the data center sector. And if anyone's got those relationships, they're basically worth their weight in gold. That person, if they know it within the industry, they're highly employable because... A um a company will basically go, especially if they're interested in going into that sector, they will pay for the privilege of those connections that you've built up over the years. So you're right. Business development doesn't even just apply to business owners then, right? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, just as as myself as an example, just from putting energy into my own personal brand this year. I didn't start it until January 1st, and now I'm up like over 8,000 
followers on LinkedIn organically just from posting content on a daily basis. But that alone has built obviously an additional pipeline on the monograph side to get people coming in that are interested in talking about monograph. It gives monograph additional authority, right? And reputation through my yeah. followers. It's enabled me, it's given me the ability to start TylerTactics.com um, and start a newsletter mm -hmm. there. And then, you know, just additional revenue streams that that can pump out. It's not all about the revenue streams, but it's all about the safety net for me and all about um, having some kind of stability and livelihood. So fair enough. I was, um, and that's a good lesson. I was, I, I, I feel sorry for one of our lovely um, watchers or listeners right now who's having trouble on LinkedIn. However, <laughs> on Twitch, it seems to be fine and YouTube. So Ayo, if you check out our YouTube channel, you can, you can catch us. Oh, man. It seems like technical problems on LinkedIn. Unfortunately, I don't we, have, yeah. we should be playing games right now. That, that should be that should be the podcast. It's like you play a game and do a, do an interview at the same time. Pretty much. Although I'd say Mr. You know, Mr. Timeless Design or Mrs. Timeless Design is being very nice. Although what I would say between us, Tyler, while we're on here, is that I've had a few very naughty comments come from Twitch because it's a gaming platform. I Got you it. know I like Twitch, but it can get a little. Because it's that anonymity thing, isn't it? It's yeah, the opposite yeah. of business <laughs> development, which is accountability and reputation. It's just like yeah. trolling or, you know, whatever. That but is my any, favorite part of LinkedIn, that it's yeah. a professional platform, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, you could do a lot of um, business development on LinkedIn. And uh, I was going to, yeah. uh, we're going to talk about that in a bit. Although I like this question. Well, it's a statement, but maybe we can flip it into a question. So yep. again, our, um, our number one contributor, Timeless Design says, it can be hard for them to make your own brand, especially if the firm you're working for has a specific brand or style. I can kind of see that, you know, whether it's a hotel architecture practice or luxury high end, you know, how, how do you start business developing on your own, doing more, uh, how do I say, um, uh residential for a local area which isn't maybe yeah, so yeah. high-end have you had any thoughts on that tyler to offer i mean i tend not to i don't go against something that i that i'm not interested in like that i think that's mm. that's setting yourself up for failure so if you're yeah. working at a at a at a firm that mostly does governmental work and you're looking to maybe start some side projects on your own obviously you're not interested in doing governmental work you can yeah. Here's what you have to think about is that your day job is just an endless content creation engine. You're in there on a daily basis. You're talking to um, potential clients. You're working within your team. You have so much that you can learn and talk about and pe that people on another platform want to hear about or want to learn or experiencing the same thing in the same way. That's mm -hmm. your content creation engine. And you just use that like if that's what you're interested in, I would just start posting about that. You're, you're probably not going to know exactly like which way your personal brand is going to fall mm. until a few until three to six months into it to be honest with you i mean i so that's why it's more important to start than it is to to can be concerned about exactly where your personal brand is going to go mm. because it also is it's a little bit of give and take it's you know what do i enjoy posting and talking about and what do people like discussing for me what do they like hearing about from me so yeah. it, it's a two-way street I agree with that. I think it's going to be especially hard to business development if you don't believe in the yeah. sector or you don't have a passion for it. And I think that um, you said earlier, actually, Tyler, you know, it is um, ringing, the, ringing on the phone and, and people like myself like to make excuses. And uh, I remember, especially when I started in sales, the idea of getting on the phone was very scary, scary, yeah. right? So I'd make yeah. any excuse of a coffee or do whatever, you know, all that jazz. <laughs> because you, you wouldn't want to speak to someone. And then even when I was ringing, I'd be like, please don't pick up. Please don't pick up. <laughs> you know, have you ever done that? And you're like, oh, oh hello, Tyler. Oh, Is that Tyler? Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you do all the crappy, like, um, things yeah. of, um, my name's Stephen Drew, and I'm calling today if you got five minutes to discuss. <laughs> and, but you have to push through that is you what I've learned. You have to push through it. And, and, and you, can, you can humanize the process. Um Anyways, I was going to say, again, it goes back to business development. You have to practice. You have to experiment. And what we've talked about is it as an abstract, um, abstract, uh, oh, my brain's gone, concept. Jeez, that took a while. Abstract, abstract concept. 
But now we're going to apply it to stuff. And you touched upon getting things online in the short term, the medium term, the connections you build in the long term. But I was going to think about platforms as well, you know, so Mm -hmm. because this live stream was supposed to be on LinkedIn as well as YouTube. And I like LinkedIn, apart from the technical difficulties we (laughs) might be having today. And and, um, LinkedIn in particular, I think is very powerful, a very, very powerful tool. And that's how we met each other. I've seen your stuff online. So business development on LinkedIn. How can we do BD as an activity on LinkedIn? Do you have some thoughts on that, Tyler? I think LinkedIn is arguably the easiest social platform to do business development on um, because let's say, I don't want to say 100%, but 90% yeah. of people are there for professional reasons. Um, so that could be professional. Those are professional relationships, professional networking. Um, they're, they're there for business um, and not so much for pleasure usually. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's, that's why I think it's a good platform to be on. And they also have tools that I think make it a lot easier. It can be difficult if your client is like, um, like a, family. You know what I mean? If, if you're, if you do residential work, it's going to be harder to filter down for it. But if you work specifically with businesses, I mean, LinkedIn makes it quite easy to use their filters to um, build a list for yourself and just start connecting with them and reaching out to them um, on a daily basis. I think like, I think something that's easy to think about with business development is that it's a, it's like a 1% game, right? You just want to do like 1% of something every mm. single day and over two to three months, that's gonna that's gonna grow into something huge. So if you, you know, connect with 10 new people every single day, which will probably take you five minutes, um, 10 new people that are potential clients every single day, five minutes, you send the ones that accept you. So let's say three, three to five accept you once a day, you send them a message. Out of those five, you get two or three that respond. And out of those two or three that respond, you might get one. Um, that is willing to meet because they might need work. So that's one That's one a day, by the way. So you're talking about you're generating like one new business opportunity a day from 10 minutes of work. Um, so I think it makes it easy because people are, people are there for a reason. But consistency is definitely like that's the foundation of business development. Yeah. You can, as you know, I mean, you've, you've built up a, a giant following on LinkedIn as well. And now you have architecture social, right? And you're doing business development for that. You can be doing that all day long, but if you go and take two weeks off of business development, what happens? Everything, yeah. everything dries up. You just, you completely kill the pipeline. Everything dries up. Um, and then you're, when you come back two weeks later, you basically have to restart. Oh gosh, um, you're speaking to me and you're <laughs> preaching to the choir. You probably, it happens to me even now though. And yeah. Um, and you're right. And when you take your foot off the gas on the BD, it's not. It doesn't immediately dries up, Tyler. It dries up in two weeks to a month, right? So yeah. You've got yeah, you're gonna false, feel the pain later on. Yeah, yeah, you've got this false sense of security. Like oh, I'll pick it up <laughs> later. And and I agree with you. So I used to like if there's seven hours in the day or five working hours or whatever it is, then um, you know, well, you got the seven working hours. Then I used to yeah. do like try to do two hours of BD. Um, but uh, I think that I always used to do the. I focused on the medium to long-term things for the last two to three years. And now they're starting to, um, they starting to get a bit of traction, but it didn't happen at the start. So I think it, it, it is that combination with, with LinkedIn. Okay. And I'll jump over a bit because it's like my hot subject, right? Especially right now. So LinkedIn tips for those who are looking for growth. Okay. Yeah. So I, you're saying I'm Mr. 30K. Okay, so I've got 30K um, connections on LinkedIn. How I've got that, nobody knows. Well, I know because I used to add people every day like a madman. But you also, Tyler, started out because you moved over from practice and architecture to what you do in terms of business development in the last year or two. Is that right? Yeah, Yeah, that's correct. Yep. So you started humbly, like everyone does here, probably with what between three to five hundred connections, like exactly. a normal, like a normal, exactly. normal architect, like right? a normal human, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Before yeah. before we went crazy and all that stuff. So, but yeah. then you took this role and you've ramped that up, right? So you've actually probably grown faster than me. So if I 
Um, I've been on LinkedIn for ten years. I've got I've gone up from three thousand a year. So I'll flip the I'll flip it around. I think that you've gone from five hundred to eight thousand in quite a short period of time is quite yeah. impressive. So how did you start the growth, Tyler? And how did you? And what is your business st- development style on LinkedIn for growth? Yeah. So I started just by posting, and I mean I had a goal for myself. I was posting once a day. Um, five days a week, so just on the working days. And I did that for a solid seven months. Um, And then uh, more recently, I've actually been posting twice a day every day um, because I've figured out the content creation engine. But the first thing you have to do is understand like where you're going to get your inspiration from. And you are most likely, if you've never posted on LinkedIn, you're probably sitting on just a giant pile of potential content that you can create. I just mean like in your head, um, yeah. It's just a matter of piecing those things together and thinking about hey, what parts of architecture of the architecture practice, if that's what you want to talk about, interest me. Is it is it getting the clients? Is it the design aspects? Is it BIM? Is it you know Grasshopper? Yeah. Is it Revit? I mean, what what is it that interests you? I'd break that down and then I you kind of just make a tree off of it and you just try to write different posts about that. Like that's that's the content part, right? Yeah, you want to make sure that it's consistent. But then there's the other side of it, which is LinkedIn allows you to do 100, um, 100 connection requests a week. Don't not ever in the sleep old days. on that. I, I know, past that. in the old days. I know, I know. There's yeah. so Steve, so Steve found his way past that. But as of oh, maybe a year yeah. and a half ago or two years ago, I can't remember now. But they they capped it. Um, so it's 100 a week. So you you should absolutely make use of making 100 requests a week, that alone, I mean, you don't even have to post. I would post, but you don't have to. Um, 100 requests a week you can do, right? So make sure that you're doing that. Easy way to do that are through that filtering system I was talking about before. Yeah. Also through people that are engaging, you can sometimes get people, because on LinkedIn, you can engage with people's content without following them or being connected with them or anything. I go to my posts and I would look for um, things that have been recently engaged with and see um, if I have people there that aren't, that I'm not connected with yet. Yeah. So that's another way to find people to connect with. The other thing is that if you go back to my profile, there's a bell at the top of people that have turned on their creator status. If you go to the top of my. Oh, really? I didn't know about that. And I'm a creator. There you go. So So I click. Yeah. So you click on that. If I were you, I would find people in Ah. like in architecture, you know, there's, probably 10 or 15 of us, Steve, you being one of them that post regularly and that have a lot of followers. Right. And we're, and we're talking about things that are going on in the industry. If you hit those bells, you're going to get notified every time that we post about something. And what you want to do is jump onto that post and give a meaningful comment. um, Right. Because those comments, I mean, my posts on average, for example, typically see seven to 8,000 impressions. So if really? you're the first, yeah, if you're the first meaningful comment on that, um, you have a pretty good chance of of seeing of a lot of people seeing seeing you and seeing what you do. Um, so mm-hmm. they could click in and they could like your content. So that's a that's another easy way to grow as well. I love it. So I need to be more of a um, have the annoying YouTuber talk where I say like, subscribe, and smash the notification button. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> smash the notification button. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty. pretty Pretty much. Now that's so sorry. If it seemed like I was not interested, it was just because I was getting up your LinkedIn in the background yeah, while we were it. talking. Now I'm snooping on your profile, but I'm going to some of the stuff I love, right? And yeah, I haven't pre-planned this. Okay, so yeah, um, go oh, for that's, it. That's that's us. You need to scroll click. down for some reason. My last three posts have been barely engaged with, but yeah, there we go. Oh, don't worry. Calm down. I've seen some of you go like <laughs> through the roof. You know, LinkedIn's probably yeah. just saying like, here we go. So for example, 76 uh, likes is a lot for a lot of people, Tyler. You sure. just, you're just doing that thing now where your standards have got higher. So you're yeah, like, that's are. okay. They are. Yeah. I like this, right? And so this caught my eye. And I think I said to you, you've got something here. So, I mean, now I see sometimes marketeers um, or influencers speaking this certain way, you know, where they kind of structure it in this, maybe it's like grab someone's attention, say mm-hmm. a juicy nugget, leave them with something else. 
And it's interesting here because you've kind of done it in an image. It's like Inception. You've got text in an image attached to text. Yeah. So t- tell us what your thought process was and like how it's popping on LinkedIn. Yeah. So like I said, um, I've since transitioned to now posting twice a day. I'm not actually po- I'm not actually creating twice as much content. It's just I've created so much content up to this point that what happened was I started posting that same content elsewhere. This is actually a screenshot of Twitter, right, of my mm. Twitter profile. So now what I'm doing is I'm recycling content that worked really well before, but for Twitter, but for Twitter instead, right? So I'd found content that had worked really well on LinkedIn. I posted yeah. it on, on Twitter. I take a screenshot of that thing that I'm doing on Twitter, and then I post it back on LinkedIn, like, you know, we're talking months and months later. Um, But it's a way to keep the content engine going. But in this case, in terms of what you were talking about of the breakdown of like how I'm actually building those posts. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. There's, you have that first line, which is arguably the most important line in any post. It's the one that's most, it's supposed to, it's the scroll stopper, right? You got to get people to stop scrolling in some way, shape or form. Yeah. In LinkedIn, you have five lines. I don't know if people know this. You have five lines um, before you have that little, like, uh, those oh, three dots. Oh, this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That shows up and says, read more. Um, and lines. to click it to read more. So you have five lines. So I generally, if you see all of my posts, even as you start scrolling, I usually start with one line, and then I take a space, and then one line, and then I take a space, and then one line, I take a space. Because uh, yeah. it's a really, like, it's an easy way to occupy that space. If you go down again um right there see this, this the one above bit... it the one above it but um oh here we go yeah, yeah. so one perfect space, example two three four five so the last one being the hook you know this these are like hey let's read oh down. i let's see, talk about I what see what you did are. that yeah you kind of made me want more with your little sneaky exactly. hand here and then i clicked exactly. the dot and now i've engaged and linkedin's going aha people are clicking tyler's stuff he must be good Therefore, you're sneaking up the feed, right, to more and exactly. more people. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, so knowing that you have five lines is important, and that's the way I've I've found it most comfortable. Break it down into those into those three. There, you get the scroll stopper, and then you have a hook at the bottom that makes people want to open it up and learn more. Yeah, and um, if anyone's thinking, why should I do all this? I mean, the the point is. Why shouldn't you, right? Or like, <laughs> yeah. I think like LinkedIn's there to be used. And I think even if you're a job seeker, sometimes like putting on your CV or portfolio, if you kind of play the algorithm a bit and you get onto the job feed, well, you might be invited for an interview. I've seen people go viral for doing something different on a CV or a portfolio right. or, or talking about their situation on video. And so that's a job seeker. And so these principles that we're talking about can do really well here but Mm -hmm. also if for instance you've got your own passion or whatever i think they can do really well and what's also interesting i know you talked about the five point rules yeah yeah. you talked about here this is your twitter as well and i like something that you touched upon where it's okay to recycle content because i think some people really worry about the same things and i think that generally uh, and i need to start doing it now after six months to a year People can't remember it. So as long as you tweak it with a fresh spin, yeah. why not, right? And that's that's even being conservative because realistically, I think after a couple of weeks, probably people don't remember. But you have to think about it from, I mean, even from your standpoint, right? If you're growing 3,000 a year, um, then that means, yeah. I mean, for me, I think about it, I think in March, I might've had 2,000 followers um, and now I have 8,000. That means there's 6,000 people that didn't see anything that I posted between January and February. And the ones that did see, I probably don't remember it anyways. Um, so you're, you're always building up basically a library of content. And then I'm all, you know, probably once a month, I look back at everything that I've posted and see what's working well and what isn't working well. And then, you know, I'm refining it to understand, yeah. like, not, I'm not always refining it for likes because that's not, it's probably not the best way to do it because you want to be giving like good content. It's not just entertainment. Yeah. It's, it's easy to get sucked into that tile. I've done it before yeah. where I've been like, oh, why isn't this one got as much likes as I want? Or, <laughs> yeah. You know, and and it really, you, I agree with you. It's not the 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 main bit, but it's easy to get sucked into this. But you especially- can know. I mean, I I know, for example, that people like p- 
people, if I post something about challenges in education, if I post something about low pay, if I post something about just bad culture, bad work environment, it's going to get a lot of response because it hits people's emotion. Like people respond to that because it's what they experience. They're not alone. They don't want to feel alone. Um, you know, so those are topics that I know if I write, write a post on it, it's probably going to be, uh, more active than others yeah um so yeah. it's important to know like what those topics are but well, well we discussed it didn't we i think you kind of i reached out we talked about this and you said something like what do you think is popping at the moment and i yeah and i, I agree yeah. it was like you know it's like work-life balance salaries living conditions i mean in the yeah. uk um inflation's gone up and salaries aren't going up as much and and um you know it's always thinking about what is the person that you're making all this content looking for? And so if you're yeah. a job seeker, it's about presenting the portfolio, which says to them, you are the right person for the job. If you're setting up your business, you kind of in your, in your mind, you need to think about who's the end user, who's the client and how can you speak out to them? You know, it's like, yeah. are you the right person for the job and all this stuff? But the other thing I was going to say while we're scrolling, well, I'm sorry, I'm like a voyeur in in your in <laughs> your feed, yeah, and you're like, that's why it's but, there. Well, this is it, right? And so these things they snowball up. The other bit, which I think is good in terms of business development, a lot of it is strength in numbers, and I can see that you have been on here, the out of architecture. Um, I'm guessing they did a live stream or a podcast. I've met out of architecture, mm-hmm. and yeah. and and. Uh, it's quite cool that over time you start building up these networks. And and that's what I was going to say. Business development, it goes in two ways. You've, we've talked about a, a reaching out to, to clients, mm-hmm. but also I think it's strength in numbers. And, and um, the fact that you've been on out of Architectures podcast, that probably opens you up to another audience, Tyler, right? I mean, what's your thoughts on collaboration? I mean, it's been, I think that's been, there's been two shocking things that aside from just that I'm growing that, you know, um, but there's been two shocking things that have happened this year as a result of me being consistent on LinkedIn and, and devoting time to my own personal brand. One is that I've learned that, wow, the challenges that I faced and that I talk about and that I talk yeah. about relative to the clients I talk about are universal. It's not just in the US. It's not just in the UK. It's literally all over the world. Architects all over the world are facing the same challenges. That's, yeah. that I would never have expected that. That's crazy to me. Um, the second thing that's come out of it is what you're talking about is building relationships within the industry. That's with you. That's with Jake and Aaron and Out of Architecture that are amazing. Joanne, Nikita, Steven, yeah. um, they're all incredible too. So yeah, I've built out a network of people now that also have similar interests that are also trying to improve their personal brand that are also giving incredible value to architects. Um, and you know for for free um on a consistent basis so there's there's a lot of us there's not a lot of us out there but there's you know 15 or 20 of us out there um that now grow and connect and communicate on a regular basis i love it i am um, i think it's really 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 important i think network is everything there's you know we're talking about the literal growth on linkedin but also and i'm sure you get the same there's sometimes i get some people on linkedin where i post and a lot of the time they like or reply and there's yeah. one chap who always super re- yeah. yeah they always repost my stuff and <laughs> and and i love it and be, uh, and i respect it and, yeah. and it's kind of um it keeps me on check because if i don't get like uh, i mean maybe the person is on holiday or whatever right but i i like to always when i'm designing the content i always think about them and I'm like, right, right. Is this going to be useful for them? Yeah. And, yeah. and I think the day you stop doing that, you're you can you're in danger of maybe you're in a vacuum. You're in a vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can um you can you can lose focus. Well, listen, I love this, and and I can keep talking forever, and we're still going to talk. <laughs> but what I was going to say is maybe we'll flip it around because you we've together we've painted the picture of business yeah, development i've good. kind of thrown questions at you but it's your turn to throw some questions at me if you want to oh my to. gosh good yeah let's talk about the goodies and how you went from zero to 30k let's talk about that on on linkedin you did it ah. over 10 years right so what's what's the hack that you did there i made a lot of mistakes okay <laughs> 
And I was almost in LinkedIn jail twice. So I'll tell you a lot of do's and don'ts. <laughs> yeah, properly. I had them like, yeah. account like properly clamped down twice. And I was like, please, please, please open me up. And I promise I will calm down. And I had to because, you know, I was. Yeah. If I go back into the jail. And sorry for everyone listening, LinkedIn jail is when LinkedIn does not allow you to connect with anyone anymore unless you have their email address, which is just for, for my line of work is very scary. But it yeah. taught me to respect the platform as well. Anyway, so when I started, I um, left uh, mainstream architecture. I had about 300 people like you had. And I was like, right. And I would literally just add people, add people, add people. And um, that worked for some people. And then mm -hmm. some people got very suspicious, you know, as you do. Yeah. Like, what does this person want to add me for? And so it was very hit and miss, Tyler. Sometimes I would get the connection. Sometimes I wouldn't. And, you know, maybe for some people even like message LinkedIn, like this guy is just adding me all the time or whatever. So that was the equivalent of cold calling because I was like spraying out there, but I was building up my network. So on yeah. one hand, I think it's good to do stuff like that. And when I talk yeah. about CVs and portfolios, especially if you are a graduate, you haven't got a network yet, right? So it's good to get your CV out to lots of places to see if you can get lots of interviews. And I think it doesn't hurt being a little bit more at the start, adding people in architecture. I think generally it's okay. But what yeah. you don't want to do is go down Fosters and Partners in the UK and add everyone, because the, the yeah. which I've done, and the algorithm's like, you need to calm down, Mr. Drew. So, <laughs> However, I doing, doing that when you're a student is a great time to do it, because most, I mean, I accept every student that asks me, because you're, I mean, you're just, yeah, you just want to connect. You're just trying to grow your network. Like, I, I respect that. Yeah, and it's a lot easier to do it while you're an architect than rather when you're a business developer or sales. Because yeah. yeah. people are like, what are you trying to sell yeah. me then? You know, yeah, and you haven't built that, that trust. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's good to do it now. But in general, you, it doesn't hurt building up your LinkedIn connection. So I, I over time, I've stopped adding people frantically. And now, yeah. and we talked about earlier, I try to target it in architecture. And so where LinkedIn's good at the moment is they pushing follows. And I love follows because it means everyone can get your content, mm -hmm. but then you can kind of start adding the real connections, you know. And so because I've got this problem where I was crazy and added 30,000 people before Tyler, I try to be more selective now of who I add in terms of can I add value to them and, and am I able to work with them in business? And if not, I'll drop yeah. them a nice message and go to follow, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But in the old days, I used to add, um, you know, a plumber, a teacher, or whatever. <laughs> right. The, Take anyone. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I was like, maybe there's a value to it, but there isn't because there isn't. A, a teacher yeah. is not going to relate to the industry like we talked about. They're not going to hire you, and you know, if you start building up these connections um, in your industry. If you're a job seeker, they might employ you. And, you know, if you're an architecture practice and you're building up that reputation, maybe you collaborate with them. Maybe you hire these people. And that's a big part of business developers, um, development as an employer is also, you know, trying to attract people to work for you, which is a whole different beast. You know, yeah. it's not just yeah. about uh, attracting clients, but it's attracting people to work for you. So to answer your question... Don't do what I did of um, add a million people, yeah. right? Go slow and steady, add architects. And the other thing maybe is try to get real connections. When you're in me, uh, go to events and all this stuff, I always, I don't even give out business cards anymore. I just say, are you on LinkedIn? Boom, boom, add them there and yeah. then. Or you've got a barcode That's a great or something. Idea. Yeah. And, you, and you just, you build it up, you build it up, yeah. you build it up. Yeah. Okay, so let's ask you another question and let's transition because you, you lied at the beginning when you said I'm I'm the specialist here because you've actually been doing this for, for longer, right? And you've seen the business development <laughs> landscape change over time. Uh, so, I think you're a specialist. <laughs> so, but not the specialist. You're the, spe you're the oh, you, specialist. Oh, you've thrown right? it back. All right. All right, right. right. You're saying I'm but, being modest. Okay. Yeah, yeah so. you're being modest. So I'm curious because what kind of blew my mind when I jumped into a business development role was I immediately thought, oh my gosh, I had no idea what I was doing yeah. on the business development side when I was running my own studio. I just, I did a terrible job. 
Um, I wonder if I'm the only one that's that's experiencing that. I talked to friends. I realized, wow, I'm not the only one, which is exactly yeah. why I started posting. It's exactly why I started Tyler Tactics. I'm curious, Ooh, have you had a similar experience now that you because you've moved away? Now you're doing business development Ooh, for Architecture Social and, bro- and, and growing that. So I'm yeah. curious, what things have you learned there that you know consistently relate back to architecture firms, architecture practice? Okay, so, well, you know, like I sneezed there. On one end, if you're a perfectionist, that would be a complete disaster, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and I think you talked about in business development, like experimenting and failures. What I've learned is that nobody cares, right? Nobody cares, as in no one is so offended that they'll never work with you again. Okay, maybe I've had an extreme example where someone, there's been, they've had a bad day and I've called up and they've gone, you know, they slammed the phone down on me there. You know, all that <laughs> yeah. shit, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, damn, I didn't I didn't put the thing on. I said the swear word. <laughs> and LinkedIn's going to get annoyed with me. You get a few people who are um, really, you, you might wind yeah. up by accident yeah. because they don't want to be bothered or whatever. But generally, people are okay. And I think that you have to experiment with getting the message out there. And the worst case is, it's like dating. The worst case is you get ignored or people say no. Yeah. And so they, I learned in a, um, in a it was sales training. Oh, gosh, heaven forbid, sales training. And I learned that it changed my perspective where it was um, about chasing no's and ruling out people and focusing on the yeses. And mm-hmm. I apply that when I do career coaching or stuff in, in recruitment because often um, the perception is, oh, my gosh, I have to win work. I have to get the person to like me. I have to get the job. And then what we do yeah. is we worry about the exact email we sent out. We worry about the typos. And in the end, you spend 50 minutes on this thing, which should have taken two minutes. And the yeah. reality is once you send this letter, the person's looking at it in their taxi or they're busy or anything, you know? They don't care. So they yeah. don't care. So you yeah. just got to do it. And another one of my former um, colleagues, which I learned in sales, um, go, yeah, again, ooh, sales, architects go, oh, can't do that. Right, yeah, we can't talk about sales, we can't talk about money. It's vulgar, it's terrible. Now, yeah. well, you know, every, life is sales. What do you think crit is, right? It's selling a concept. So what do you any, think your education was? It was, I don't know. Yeah, selling when an you idea. All of those jurors all the time trying to What sit, do you think a client does when they pick a building? You're, 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 to- <laughs> you're, totally, you're totally right. And so yeah. in sales, I learned that. Basically, it takes like five to 10 touch points. There's an, there's an actual number, but I'm talking about the principle. Touch points yeah. or calls before someone will work with you. And basically, most people give up on the first time. They send yep. a CV off. I never heard from that company. And they go look elsewhere. Yep. Very few people will go, hiya, just checking you how, if you've got the application. And then the next step, very few people ring up. Now, we're not talking about being pushy because... No one likes someone being too pushy. However, if you keep touching base or you are around them, then people start to trust you. So, for example, now I called someone up the other day and they're like, oh, you're that guy on LinkedIn. I've seen you. Yeah. And it was an open conversation. That's happened to me after 10 years of putting out content (laughs) there. But for the first eight, they're like, who the heck are you? (laughs) What do you want? I'm at work. Leave me be. Right. Uh, and, and, yeah. and, but you can win them over, I was going to say, with humanisms. So sometimes, bizarrely, typos can actually humanize you, right? Sneezing can humanize you. And I think that there's, um, there's a difference between being human and professional to like, um, uh, making mistakes and being unprofessional. So I try to be somewhat professional, but things go wrong. I sneeze, whatever the show goes on, yeah. you know, yeah. mistakes yeah. happen. And when you're BD in the long answer, just given the point is you've got to keep practicing. Don't obsess about the details. Don't get upset if you get it wrong or something and try again. And that's yeah. the last, last thing I'd say is sometimes people go, Oh my God, that call couldn't have gone any worse and that I'm so embarrassed and I'm never speaking to them again. And I've learned, I had one company that shouted at me for years, like, and I started my, started my career and I was like, oh my gosh, I made such a fool of myself. And then I called up seven months later and I realized they didn't even remember me. They no, didn't yeah. remember me. Yeah, yeah. 
And then I got a, a, a working professional relationship yeah. out of it. Whereas if I kept going, oh, I've made myself an idiot now, you, you can't. You're done. You, you're done. Yeah. So, yeah. I, uh, so was that my, my, my long ramble rant was a useful on BD? The, yeah. The that's, war stories. I think there's so many things that's so important there, but just like the research that you get out of business development, that's, yeah. to me, that's the other, I mean, other than, other than calling people being a, a great, I mean, it's my primary way at Monograph that I'm bringing, that I'm adding to my pipeline and bringing people in. Yeah, it's also an incredible way for me to understand the industry. That that I underestimated entirely. I've talked to more than one thousand architects, not just from cold calls, but from cold calls, meetings, demos. At this point, one thousand architects in the last year. My the pulse that I have on the industry is crazy. Like I just never would have expected. Like I know I can speak confidently of what challenges architects are facing in their practice because of those conversations, just from picking up the phone and having conversations about what challenges they are facing and asking them. Yeah. Uh, and that, like that research that you get out of that, that understanding that you get of the industry, or if you're calling builders, understanding what their perspectives are, for example, is, is invaluable. Uh, uh, so I, I, I agree. I, and um, there it is as simple as just asking. Now it is. the bit that well, the other thing I would say is, when I started in recruitment, I was really actually, I felt unworthy of speaking to an architectural practice business owner. And I've had to get past that over the years yeah. because in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't qualify. I'm not doing that now. This guy's yeah. a famous architect. How, why am I even speaking to them? You know, I'm yeah. not worthy. Yeah. And that you have to get past that because what I've learned over time is that in recruitment, I know a lot more than, and then potentially as architecture practices does. Maybe they know about how they, they recruitment in there, but they don't know about the wider market, all this stuff. And you have to, over time, speak to people on the level, you know, not above them because no one likes that, but no. not below, you know, it's about having an equal conversation. And I think that that can happen. The what I was experiencing happens a lot with people in their business with their clients. You know, they're speaking to a developer. You're thinking, well, they're the developer. They must know better they know than me. Doing, yeah. Or you're thinking, you know, oh, my my clients, my customers, they know better than me what they want, uh, you know, in, in terms of who they want to do their bathroom and all this stuff. And, and the point is you have to get past that. You have to get past that. Otherwise, you will never pick up the phone. You will always be, like I said earlier, be going, please don't pick up the phone. And you just won't win business. That's yeah. the truth. Yeah. If you believe at the start of when you're doing business development that you're going to fail, you're going to fail, you know? Which you will, but I mean, it is a losing game. Let's, let's be clear about that. I yeah, mean, you're going to, you're going to hear no 90% of the time, exactly. which is great. You're going to find out why. And then the next year it's going to be 80% of the time. Exactly. So instead of going, oh, I, someone's turned me down. I'm an idiot. Give up. Yeah. Think yeah. of it like, um, I'm going to have to, like, as you just said, the Tyler, I'm going to have to get 90 no's today to get one or two yeses. And that's what a job search really is. I always say that people down to it, you need hundred applications to get between five to 10 interviews. And then hopefully you get two to three offers. But you know, yeah. if you're, if, if the, if the start of the, 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 the funnel or the pipeline yeah. is, is yeah. not enough, then you're not going to get the sale or the job interview at the end. Yeah. So don't give up. And yeah. unfortunately you're going to, you know, get bashed a bit on the way there. But that's the journey as well. So but not even that much. I mean, I've probably made 10,000 cold calls. I think I've been yelled at one time. Have you? Like angrily yelled at one time. Oh, probably. did you get proper? Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah I've been I mean, you all about. get it, but like you, but that's your, you think it's going to happen. Your, 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 your mind is telling you, right. That's going to happen on every single call. Every single time someone picks up the <laughs> phone, you're terrified that you're going to get, you're going to get screamed at, but it just, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's true. And now so. I think it's good that it happens at least one time. Cause you go, oh, do you know what? I'm still alive. It's all yeah, right. You know, it's fine. yeah, it's no fine. one's, no one's, um, no one's, uh, right in glass doors and you're getting yeah. kicked out of the industry <laughs> yeah. and just admit you made a mistake sometime, isn't it? So yeah, there you go. Now we've talked about a lot of tactics here today, Tyler. Okay. Now you've quite cleverly put the name on the tin. You've got a website. Check it Which out. explains a lot of all the tactics. 
So Tyler, where can people get a hold of you if they've enjoyed the content today and want to learn more about business development and what you do? Yeah, two places. One, obviously, just give me a follow on LinkedIn. Um, that's the top of funnel, right, Stephen? Um, there you go. Top of funnel. Um, the second thing you can do is go to tylertactics.com, sign up for my newsletter. Um, after you get that, in, I send a welcome email um, to that newsletter. And Ooh. at the bottom of it, I always ask a question. I respond to every single person that replies about whatever challenges you're facing right now. So um, that's the best way to get in touch with me. Excellent. Brilliant. Well, on that note, I will end the live stream here. We're like bang on an hour. It's unbelievable. Check that out. Thank you everyone for tuning in and putting up with LinkedIn's problems. <laughs> if you're on LinkedIn, now I know you can smash that bell button. <laughs> Probably lost an unsubscriber there. It's like, oh gosh, Steve's doing that now. But please do stick around. We'll get some more content soon and get in touch with Tyler. And if you like this, do let me know and maybe we can pick his brains on other stuff as well. Thank you so much, Tyler. I'm going to end the recording now. Stay in the studio and everyone else, have a lovely email. Have a lovely email. Have a lovely email. Don't get too drunk. It's midweek and we'll see you yeah. soon. Take care. Bye-bye.